John, thank you for your ministry this morning. Appreciate you so much, my friend. Hi, everyone. I'm here this morning privileged to share with you our continuing series called The Blazing Center. And the idea is how can we walk in conscious dependence on the Holy Spirit? And through this series, we've also been exploring some brief moments in the book of Acts, which I know some of you are actually reading as well, which is great. Last week, I said something that, that tumbled out that I wanted to uh, follow up with you again. If you want to put the sermon slides up for me, where are we? There we are. It was this. It is no coincidence, as we explore the book of Acts, it is no coincidence that the book of the Bible that is most centered on the Holy Spirit is the book that is most centered on the mission of the gospel being proclaimed in word and in power. It's no coincidence. As we seek to, as we should as believers, a desire to embrace more of the Holy Spirit, to be filled and to be led, that comes inseparably with a call to mission, to serving Him as Christ's representatives here in the world. I wanted to make sure that was clear, uh, because I mentioned that last week, and I saw heads kind of bound back, and one of them was mine. And so I just wanted to make sure that was clear for us today as we look at our, our final series today, our final teaching in this, which is the idea of being led by the Spirit. The idea of being led by the Spirit. And I want to just remind you, of course, that all of these teachings are online. You can watch them on, on YouTube. You can always catch the audio on our podcast if you are out there at home and you haven't caught all these. Or if you're here this morning, I know many of you have been here regular in attendance, so we thank you for that. But this morning, we want to finish this series on the idea of being led by the Spirit, led by the Spirit. And so we're going to be looking again at a moment in the book of Acts. Uh, we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 16, Acts chapter 16, verses 6 and 10. Somewhere in this spot, I get a better click. There it is. It must be on that left. If you have your Bibles with you, great. If you happen to have a brand new Bible with you, even better, uh, open up that Bible to Acts chapter 16. It is always a richer experience when you have God's Word in front of you. It will be on the screen for you as well. This is Acts chapter 16, 6 to 10. Very short passage today, but let me set it up for you and then we're going to pray and we're going to read it. As we step into the story of, of Acts in chapter 16, Paul is being continually guided on the mission journey that he's been given by the Lord. This is after the council met in Jerusalem about God's work among the Gentiles. And they affirmed, yes, take the gospel to the Gentiles. Thank you, because that's why we're here today. Okay, so Paul sets off with Barnabas. He and Barnabas were good mission friends, headed off with a letter from the council to deliver to the churches, which they did. They fulfilled that. Afterwards, though, Paul and Barnabas got into a, a heated argument about reinstalling Mark as part of their mission journey. And so they split company. And it even tells you in the word they, they left after a pretty tough argument. They ended up splitting company. And one of the greatest duos of ministry, Paul and Barnabas, split up that day. Well, then afterwards, Paul finds Mark, a disciple who had abandoned them earlier, and they, he had, Barnabas heads off with him. Paul takes Silas, and he and a new, new gather, a new friend, Timothy, they set off to now visit the churches. And what we see here is now the Holy Spirit continuing to orchestrate their mission journey. And he does it this morning in very surprising ways. Let me pray as we, again, encounter God's Word. Father, thank you so much for your Word. I pray, Lord, this morning that it, would, that it would speak fresh to our hearts as it did the day it was written. 
Lord, help us to have our ears open and our hearts attentive to the way the Holy Spirit is moving, both then and today. We thank you again for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So look again, Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 10. It says this, Paul and Silas and Timothy went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come opposite of Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So, passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision. There was a man of Macedonia pleading with him, saying, Come, come to Macedonia and help us. And when he had seen that vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So once again, we see the Holy Spirit orchestrating the mission of the church, and he does so today in very surprising ways. And I want to explore this idea, what it means when we observe the text here, what it means for us to continue to be led by the Spirit. And one of the first things that we notice in this text that's kind of surprising is the way the Holy Spirit directs the mission is the Holy Spirit says no. They were ready to go into Asia and back to Bithynia, and the Holy Spirit prevented them. It says the Holy Spirit kept them from going in. The Spirit of Jesus, same Spirit, just referring to it in kind of roundabout ways, also said no twice to something that actually made perfectly good sense to them. Hey, we're going to go back into Asia. We're going to revisit the friends that we had helped come to Christ. Want to see how those churches are doing. This makes perfect sense. We'll go back the way we came. That sounds great. But the Holy Spirit said no. We're not sure exactly how the Spirit said no. Uh, There's some sense that that they may, may have gotten sick. And that kept them from going. There may have been a lack of travel opportunities. It may have been some internal instinct. But somehow the Holy Spirit communicated to them very clearly, no, that's not where I want you to go. Stepping out of the story for just a moment, I would say one of the most important things that the Holy Spirit says to us when we talk about being led by him is no. One of the most important things the Holy Spirit can say to lead us is no. His no is how he edits our story, how he works in our heart. And we know that the Holy Spirit is always about trying to conform us into the image of Christ. He's trying to cut away parts of our heart that don't need to be there. He's trying to consecrate us, make us holy before God. And one of the most significant tools the Holy Spirit uses is no. And we see that clearly here in the text. See, we so naturally resist the Holy Spirit's voice, but especially we can resist the Holy Spirit's voice when he says no. Because we're by nature very proud and self-assured people. And so just like we do with a phone call or a message we don't like, we just don't pick up the phone or we mute that conversation. But one of the most significant tools that the Holy Spirit uses to work on us is no. So what happens when, we, when he says no and we continue to not listen to that voice? Well, we risk what it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19. We risk this, do not quench the Spirit. What does it mean to quench the Spirit? Well, it means to douse that flame. 
of the Holy Spirit that desires to be the blazing center of our heart. That's what it means to quench the Spirit. We pour water on that flame and try to keep it low. Now, throughout the story of God, men and women have often been led by an instinct within them towards things that seem pleasing, that seem good to them, what seems safe or even right in their own minds. But the Holy Spirit can say no often. We're often led astray, in fact, by things that look good and pleasing to our eye and to our minds. But the Holy Spirit says no. And we continue to say yes. The Holy Spirit might say no when we're ready to watch another hour of a show that we know doesn't do well in our spirit. It makes us anxious or angry. The Holy Spirit might, might say no when we pour that second or third drink of the night. The Holy Spirit may be saying no as soon as we know those biting words to the per, against the person we love are right at the corner of our mouth. We hear no and we still say yes. The Holy Spirit says no. Meanwhile, we say yes. But the Holy Spirit's no is meant to work on us, to prepare us, because he knows that we're meant for so much more. Paul had a great idea. Hey, let's go back into Asia. Let's go revisit the friends and strengthen the churches that we had there. And the Holy Spirit said, no, no. You're meant for so much better than that. In fact, just after Paul, thank, thank Jesus, said yes to the no, he received a vision to go into Macedonia, which broke the gospel out into all of Europe. God was preparing him for so much more, but he had to first listen to that critical voice that said no. You were meant for so much more than that. I remember early in my walk getting tuned to the idea of the Holy Spirit's no. I had come to faith, as you know, as an adult. And I remember just after that, I was like, okay, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your forgiveness. This is so great. I feel so free. feel so light. But can I go back and do all the things that I was doing before? Can I go back to those places and do those things that I was doing before? And I thought, well, I guess so. Yeah, maybe I can go and maybe be a missionary in the bars. That makes sense. And I kept trying that a couple times. Like, I'm going to go back to the old places with the old friends and do all the old things. And I, Holy Spirit said, no. No, you're meant for so much more than that, something different. And I, throughout my walk, and many friends that I've been able to walk with, when they're seeking the direction of the Lord, one of the most significant things to listen to is when the Holy Spirit says, no. I know that seems right for you. I know that you want it. I know that it makes every sense, but there's times that the Holy Spirit will direct us significantly by saying no. Another passage about this that illustrates this is Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, when it talks about do not grieve the Holy Spirit. What is it to grieve the Holy Spirit? Anyone who's raised children know what it is to grieve when you're like, oh, come on. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit, it says, of God. This is which you were marked with as a seal for the day of redemption. Put away from yourself all kinds of malice and be kind to one another. Be tenderhearted. Forgive one another as Christ has forgiven you. See, you're meant for so much more. 
the Holy Spirit wants to make edits to your heart. He's saying no to anger, no to all kinds of things that cause chaos, no to all kinds of malice that keep people back from the love of God that is poured into you. He says no. And instead, he wants us to develop fruit in our heart, love, tenderheartedness, forgiveness, so that people are actually drawn to the love of God through us and in us. It draws them towards the love of God when we say yes to his no. The Holy Spirit's no is like a chisel in the hand of an artist. See, there's this lump of wood or maybe even a lump of stone. And the Holy Spirit takes that chisel and he wants to cut away the parts of us and conform us into the image of Christ. There's something beautiful in that rugged stone that he's trying to release out. And one of the most significant tools is that chisel. And the Holy Spirit says no, and he picks away the parts of us that don't need to be there. Now again, I'm, I'm very stubborn. You'd be surprised how stubborn I truly am. I've, God has had to pour a lot of grace on me and continue to chisel away at me to find something that's softer and more conforming. Thank you, Lord, for your work. I remember this practice being on me, and it's painful at times to have the, the Holy Spirit continue to work and edit your heart and work on your life and cut things away that keep you away from him, keep you away from that blazing center. And I remember one tool that God used on to, to affirm me in this work was a, was a song it's an, it's an older song, and, and maybe you've heard it sung in churches somewhere. It's the potter's hand. And I remember these lyrics being sung at church, and they just stung me to the heart. And they said, take me, Lord. Mold me. Use me. Fill me. I give my life over to the potter's hand. And I remember singing those songs, and then the reality of that just hit me, the idea that, no, take me, Lord. Fill me. Mold me. Use me. Chisel away at me. When you say no, I agree, and I will continue to follow you. The Holy Spirit's no is one of the most significant tools that he's using to lead us. God must really love us today to give us such a powerful word. The Spirit says no. That's not all the Spirit says. If we look at the text, the Spirit also says grow. We see this in Paul as he was dealing with division and strife in his mission and ministry. God was working on him too. It's always fascinating to me that he denied Mark a second opportunity when Paul knew so well what it was like to be restored in Christ. Holy Spirit wants us to grow, though. It's not just the fruits of the Spirit, but he wants to prepare the soil of our heart to continue to develop in the gifts, the spiritual gifts that he gives us, that lead us on towards maturity in Christ. Yes, there is maturity to be found in Christ. The Holy Spirit wants to make edits in our heart, conform us into his image, and help us to continue to grow in the image of Christ. You can see this again in this text back in Ephesians. It's Ephesians 12. It says, The Holy Spirit equips the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until all of us come to the unity of of the faith, and in the knowledge of the Son, and onto maturity, to the measure, to the full stature of Christ. The text goes on, you can read it, to say we shouldn't just continue to be like children, just blown about by every wind and cunning. So the Holy Spirit wants us to grow. 
Holy Spirit wants us to submit us to himself so he can continue to draw us towards maturity in Christ. And that word maturity is often like completeness or even can be defined sometimes as perfection. Can we ever get there? The Holy Spirit will lead us and continue to shape us until that one and great and wonderful day when we meet our Lord and Savior and we are then indeed perfected. This is what it means to be spirit-filled. This is what it means to be spirit-led. The Spirit says grow. It's submitting yourself to continue to grow in faith to be more useful in service to God. And I will tell you this, friends, this morning. Christian maturity has very little to do with age. Has very little to do with age. In fact, in 1 Timothy 4.12, a verse that my kids repeat to me often, they say, do not let anyone look down on you because you're young. And I think it's a perfectly appropriate rephrase to say, don't let, let anyone look down on you no matter what your age. But set an example for the believers in your speech, in your conduct, in your love, in your faith, and in your purity. The Holy Spirit wants us to grow. The Holy Spirit also wants us to go. The Holy Spirit wants us to go. Paul's vision was to bring the gospel back into Asia where he had already planted churches, but the Holy Spirit said, no, 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 I want you to go into Macedonia, which I've already told you is, was an amazing shift because it brought the gospel to the shores of Europe, which from that seed burst out forward, and that is one of the primary reasons we're sitting here today, is the European influence of the Christian church birthed when Paul responded to that vision. I want you to go to Macedonia and deliver the gospel. This is what the Lord has taught me about his work through this series. That our desire to be filled in the Spirit is never just for ourselves. I might have thought that about six weeks ago. That, Lord, I just want to have more encounter with you. I want to be filled more with you so that I can feel more. No, no. A desire to be filled and poured into by the Holy Spirit comes with it the responsibility to pour out. We can stand and we should with our arms out saying, Holy Spirit, I want to feel more of your presence in my life. I want you to be the blazing center. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill my heart, fill my mind, fill me with your spirit. We should and desire that as believers But the point isn't just for our own joy and edification. The point is that we would be sprinklers of that Holy Spirit. That the Lord would continue to pour into us more of His Spirit so that we can be like sprinklers pouring it out, living water to everywhere we go, our friends, our neighbors, our family, our loved ones. We speak truth and we speak love and we speak of grace. And guess what? The more we pour out, the more He's going to fill into us. The Holy Spirit wants us to be on mission. He wants us to bless others out of the love of God that's being poured into us by the Spirit. The Spirit says, go. What is keeping us then from being led by the Spirit? Often it is we harbor sin. Often it is we harbor, we give safe harbor for sin. We let that fill parts of our heart, and that keeps us from being filled. The Holy Spirit says no, and we keep saying yes. That, one of the primary things that keep us from being filled is that we harbor sin. One of the primary things that keep us from, from growing is that, that we haven't accepted the gift of grace, which is a new start 
As the word tells us over and over again, anyone who is in Christ, a new creation has begun. Something new has begun. The old is gone, and something new has begun. So it's accepting the gift of grace and walking in the newness of life. What is keeping us from being led by the Spirit? Often it's a lack of trust in the gospel as the good news for all the world. It's a lack of trust that the gospel is the only way, the truth and the life. We start to drift in our hearts and minds into cultural universalism. We start to mistake that the, the love of God actually means like that God is just nice. But the news is God isn't just nice. God is loving and he's also just. And not wishing that any should perish, he gave his son, his only son, as the way of reconciliation. And he gave us the opportunity to choose. But how can they choose if they're not told? What is it that helps us to grow? That helps us to be led by the Spirit? It would be confession and repentance. Lord, I've been holding on to this part of my, in my life, I've been holding on to the sin that you have been saying no to by, my, by the Holy Spirit, and I've been saying yes to. It's confessing that now and say, Lord, I don't want this anymore. I know it doesn't belong to me. You have said no. I have said yes. I confess that, and I repent, and I repent. This is not just a one-time moment, by the way. This is an ongoing process of confession and repentance and filling and cleansing, and thank you, Lord, that he's always faithful. It's acceptance of grace. Acceptance of grace. God's grace is the fuel of our heart that opens us up to the reality of the Holy Spirit. What helps us be led by the Spirit? It's trusting in the power of the gospel and not being ashamed of it. The power of gospel is, the, is God's way of salvation for all, all by faith in Christ. What does it mean this morning, friends, for us to submit ourselves to the Lord's hand? To let him pour his living water over you, to soften you in your heart. What is it this morning to, fresh today, submit yourselves to the Lord's work of conforming you, cutting away those things that keep you in impurity, and consecrating you today for the work of mission that he's called you to? Have you given yourself over to his hand? I think back again to those lyrics that stung me so well. Take me, Lord. Mold me. Use me. Fill me. I give my life to you, my God. As we pray this morning, I'm going to take some time and just have you pray. John is going to bathe us in some worship. And just take some time this morning before the Lord as we pray together. And I pray over you. I pray this prayer is powerful, not by my strength, but by the Holy Spirit. Will you come? Will you draw over us this morning? Those of us who are here in sanctuary and those who are online. Be present over us this morning. We're here. And Holy Spirit, I pray for 
any who are here this morning who have been harboring sin in their lives. Be it anxiety, addiction, anger. We confess these to you. Just, just say it in your heart right now. Lord, I confess these sins to you. And I repent. I turn away from them. You have said no. I have said yes. But today, Lord, I say yes to your spirit. Take me. Mold me. Fill me. I give my life to you, O Lord. Lord, I pray for my friends who are here this morning who may have been attending church for many, many years, but have never, ever taken that time to receive the overwhelming gift of your grace and your love. Thank you, Lord, that there on the cross and in the empty tomb, you showed us there is a new way. And we're not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to bring salvation to all by faith. So maybe this morning in your heart, for the first time or the fresh time, you just say, yes, Lord, I receive your grace. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Thank you for being raised out of the tomb so that I can have new life in you that begins now. Take me, Lord. Mold me. Use me. Fill me. I give my life to you, Lord Jesus. And Lord, thinking of my friends who are here this morning who have loved ones that may have walked away or don't know you, Lord, and we've drifted into that idea that, well, what can I ever do? Will they ever listen? Maybe they would never. God, help us to never judge to say that your gospel is insufficient. Lord, in a world today, we so desperately need to hear the truth proclaimed in the streets, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our jobs, in our, in our homes. So for those of you here this morning who maybe have an anxiety about a friend, a loved one, a family member who is not walking with the Lord, who has not accepted that grace, May the Lord fill you and prepare you for mission, giving you every confidence in his gospel as the power of God to bring salvation to anyone, anyone. And so, Lord, with these in mind, these friends and family, we ask you, Lord, to fill us, give us words and love to shower out to those that we know are far from you. And we say, take me, Lord, Mold me, use me, fill me. I give my life to you, O Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray you continue to do a work in our hearts as this series concludes. God, I pray that you would always be the blazing center that draws us nearer to you, nearer to each other, and further on mission. We thank you, Lord Jesus, in your name. Amen. Please stand now as we respond.
with hymn number 293, O Holy Spirit, Making Whole. <laughs> 